Hello and welcome to Dawncast. I'm Di Lee. And I'm Cathy Ngo. And thank you for joining us again. And today we've got Nathan Clark, I would say a good friend of mine, uh, from Canberra joining us to talk about cybersecurity. So just a quick introduction about on Nathan. He's the uh, APAC Security or Operations Centre uh, Manager uh, for Verizon, APAC SOC as they call them. So is that the right term uh, there, uh, Nathan? Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. APAC SOC Manager for Verizon. So look, today I just thought I want to get you on to give us a kind of a quick kind of peel back a discussion around cybersecurity with the whole COVID-19 there's a lot of discussion around, uh, you know, the obviously more people are now going online, more using online for work and, and communication and all of that. Uh, what what are some of the issues that are you kind of seeing emerging from your uh, organisation? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, Di. Um, yeah, so there's a, a lot of, um, there's a typical uh, behaviour that, comes out of the adversary groups that target people, um, cyber criminal groups. They will leverage anything that's very topical in the news to elicit uh, attention from people. Um, so they're using fear as a tool to um, trick people into clicking on links or um, opening up web pages and, and, and things like that. Uh, and we've all seen the, um, I guess, the panic buying in the stores. That That's also another topic that uh, cyber criminals will use to elicit um, people to click on links and, and go to websites and, um, you know, visit e-commerce sites that aren't legitimate and are just there to steal money. So, um, yeah, it's it's typical behaviour of uh, our adversaries uh, during uh, times where, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the news that affects everybody. So uh, from that point of view, very typical. We saw it during the bushfires here in Australia as well. What do these cyber criminals look like? <laughs> Like when you like just, can, I'm just can you see from, them? <laughs> I'm just thinking like from a marketing perspective, like you know, you have your persona. <laughs> Do you have all these faces um, of what they? What's the typical profile? Where where are these criminals coming from? Uh, it, it varies. Um, you know, there there are uh, groups that are you know highly funded, very well resourced, um, and there's a lot of speculation that some of these are operate like typical enterprises um there are um infrastructures that you can buy so if you're someone who wants to perform an attack against as many people as possible but you don't necessarily have the technical skills there are places you can go on the dark web to purchase these services and you can purchase the services and they come with support as a package option um and you, and, and they can uh, be used by non-technical groups to uh you know, attack and, and infect as many people as possible or trick as many people as possible to steal um, their money or, or uh, any of their personal information. So they fit any kind of profile. They are typically funded by uh, organised crime. I mean, you're one of the top, uh, you know, cybersecurity experts, I believe, and, in uh, you know, in Canberra, if not in the country, and working at Verizon there. Uh, you oversee a dedicated team of cybersecurity analysts that provide 24 uh, seven monitoring, um, security monitoring, detection and response services to multiple customers. What have you been seeing, uh, you know, an increase of in the last three months since we've had these COVID-19 uh, restrictions in place? 
Yeah, so we perform two services for our customers. We obviously monitor their environment uh, and look for uh, any evidence that they've been compromised um, and help them take those response actions to remediate as quickly as possible. I also have um, some threat intelligence experts who are monitoring um, what reporting and, and what information is, is, is out there uh, specifically related to COVID-19. Um, there, there are uh, coalitions of threat intelligence uh, experts that are forming groups to share information about uh, the things that are happening out there on the internet um, in order to enable, you know, companies like Verizon and, and specifically teams like me to help us detect things or to put detection in place so that when it happens, we see it as soon as possible. And that's always um, a little bit of a race condition for us. We can see it sooner. We can get response actions happening much faster and we can protect our customers much better. Um, one of the uh, COVID-19 threat intelligence groups is called the Cyber Th uh, Threat Coalition, uh, who are focused specifically on COVID-19. And some of the information that they're sharing with us, uh, well, since the pandemic began, has been an increase in the amount of domain registrations. And most people are familiar with what a domain is. It's just a name that you, you typically type in to go to a website. These domains can be used to host websites. They can also be used to um, just host malware, you know, typical malware like your crypto and ransom lockers and things like that. Um, so they can, they can host a website or they can be used in a text message. And we, we've seen up to, you know, several thousand of these domains registered every single day. And we've been following the trend and it sort of, you know, went up for a long time over Easter and then it sort of, you know, started to come down towards uh, the end of April. And then there were um, other types of themes that were also being used uh, for domain registration, like uh, themes related to personal protective equipment and um, those items that are in high demand uh, um, during a pandemic. So uh, we've been tracking those and implementing what we're seeing in that threat intelligence into our detection system so that if any of those domains start to become active in our customers' environment, we can have a very close look at that communication and figure out if it's legitimate or not and then help our customers uh, take response actions if it's not legitimate traffic. But domains that just could just be that a, a new business, obviously COVID-19, lots of businesses are setting up to do business online. So could it be a legitimate business opportunity? Yeah, how do you know if yeah, it's legitimate or not? Yeah, that's not? exactly right. Yeah. And do you ha actually have a role in trying to shut these businesses down or like where do, where's the handover kind of process? Well, we're a multi-tenanted service for our customers. Uh, what we try to do is help them take those steps that they need to protect themselves. Um, and my team's specialisation is in uh, detect or monitoring analysis, detection and determination. So we, we go to the nth degree to make sure that what we're seeing is either legitimate or not legitimate and then help our customers take the appropriate actions. So um, we have... Um, some of our customers will allow us to share information back into threat intelligence feeds. So Verizon has a, a very mature threat intelligence system, which we can put information back into that system to then help others. So uh, we, we try to do everything we can to not only support our customers, but, you know, get that information out there so that other people can help themselves. So outside of the domain registrations or domain names, you've seen an increase. What other things are you seeing in terms of as a threat or security that people should be aware of? 
Um, there are, it's, it's not specifically cybersecurity, but, you, and we've all seen the social media and, and how social media can be a, a microcosm of opinions. Um, there are a lot of um, COVID-related groups and, and groups that have other interests like anti-vaxxers and, you know, um, state-based groups who are using influence campaigns in social media um, to further their own, you know, national interests. Now, sometimes that does include cybersecurity uh, activities uh, and other times it's it's purely about trying to sway public opinion. Um, but it does fuel the, uh, I guess, the, the general fear and, and does increase the likelihood that people are going to infect their own systems um, with, you know, malware or um, some other type of attack from any source. Uh, it just it just feeds that fire of of opinion and narrative and 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 general fear that is fertile ground for people to get themselves infected or um, have these campaigns leveraged you know, against their uh, organisations and things like that. Can you give an example of the sort of campaign that you're talking about on social media that could touch upon what you just described as a influential operations? Um. Yes, I mean, we, we saw the protests in Melbourne in the last couple of days um, and those sorts of protests are happening all around the world um, that are largely being pushed by anti-vaccination groups. Um, you know, they, they'll use and leverage, you know, types of uh, or issues that are out in the public sphere to further their own aims. Uh, and again, it just, it just feeds that overall uh, narrative and, you know, increases that um, to and fro on social media that uh, increases the risk for things like cyber attacks and, and things like that. So, um, you know, states, as in countries uh, that are, re are well-resourced, can conduct cyber influence campaign uh, campaigns as well in social media, uh, and they can use, uh, where they're very well-resourced, they can use cyber security uh, along with social influence to further their aims. And we certainly saw a lot of that, uh, you know, in the 2016 US elections and, and, and beyond that as well. So... Um, cyber influence is um, is a very interesting, I guess, social media um, supported uh, campaigns, and um, yeah, we, uh, a lot of those have cyber security related activities associated with them. What do you mean by that? Like, are they doing something dodgy? Because it kind of sounds like um, so they're do potentially doing something dodgy in the back end. Back end. Uh -huh. <laughs> <Fun. Bloody. laughs> But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's uh, look. I guess it's the it's the new type of it's a new type of uh, state warfare. I guess. Um, I mean, it's not kinetic. It's not a cold war. It's a, you know, it's an ability to influence outcomes in a country just by, you know, targeting the population. Um, and um, yeah, it's 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 really fascinating. I, I obviously I focus specifically on, you know, the cybersecurity dimensions of that, um, where we have. Uh, organizations that allow social media to come through their network so come through their firewall they're not blocking that sort of stuff um, you know that's that's another vector of attack that you know we have to try to monitor we also have um, threat intelligence that's focused on social media and narrative as well um, so we use services that you know can give us an understanding of what narratives are out there and, and, and where narratives might be shifting and some of these things are uh, can can come to us in, in almost real time. Uh, other types of threat intelligence take a long time to develop. And by the time we really understand it, the campaign has passed somewhat. 
but it does help us understand the source of these uh, types of attacks so that we can anticipate what techniques that they'll use in the future and, again, help us see them sooner and respond quicker. It's really difficult. I'm just listening. You know, I'm thinking social media uh, is a form of communication. It's a form of engagement, you know, with different people, different countries. And I think the internet has really connected us more or less. But then from a cybersecurity perspective, are you saying that every all of this engagement of social media is from the perspective prism of of cybersecurity is look that you look through them as potential threat for national threat or national security um, issues. Like when 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 is social media just social media? As in terms yeah, like for example, if I'm scrolling on Facebook right now, like where can they be a risk? So maybe if perhaps if there's like a, a domain that someone's purchased and it's not a legitimate shop, that could be one avenue. Hey. Yeah. yeah, it could, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Facebook and most of the social media platforms are very uh, active in trying to not only deal with fake news but also deal with things like uh, malicious links and, mm. um, you know, links to other s- services that also host links to, you know, things like malware and stuff like that. And it's, it's a very difficult job. Uh, a lot of the, um, I guess, the m- mode of operation of, our, of, of the cyber criminals is to try to get as much of those links out there into the public to get as many clicks as possible before it gets shut down or, or what we use the term sinkhole uh, for, for, for sinkhole. websites that are yeah for, for websites and domains that are malicious and known to be malicious so we uh, they rely on trying to get as much out there as quickly as possible before it gets you know uh, turned off um, so you know that's it, it all happens very quickly um uh, on those uh the the um campaigns that are focused on uh cyber criminal activity whereas your your state-based uh, and espionage-based activity is very slow and very deliberate and very targeted and well-resourced and highly technical and complex um and that that varies between different actors but um you know they, they are typically a little bit more deliberate and uh, a little bit more competent so what are the challenges now for cyber security uh, specialists like yourself, um, what to look out for, uh, especially now that COVID-19 has really shifted a lot of businesses to go online. So what, what will be the challenge for you? Because, you know, <laughs> what's legitimate, what's not legitimate, and how much of your energy is going to be scanning information, scanning your uh, domain name, scanning social media. My God. That's a lot of work. That's I'm a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and we certainly prioritise uh, what we can look at where we think will be most effective. Um, what we saw during the early days of the pandemic when stay-at-home orders were, um, you know, starting to be promulgated. And, I mean, Verizon, I mean, I'm working from home. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Verizon were very quick to uh, protect its staff and, and get us home. Uh, and and but, but we're a telco and we have the ability to work remotely if and when we need it. A lot of organisations didn't have that and had to stand up infrastructure very quickly to support remote working. And as a consequence, sometimes that infrastructure was put into place not in not a very well-planned or secure way. And as a consequence, uh, our adversaries are actively scanning for things like, you know, remote desktop and, and stuff that, uh, that's been exposed uh, on the edge of these companies' 
networks uh, in an insecure way so that they can compromise them where before all the stay-at-home stuff happened, um, that that infrastructure wouldn't have been available for the adversary to compromise. So uh, we're certainly seeing a lot of that. Mm. We, we uh, provide a, a uh, something of an advisory service as well. You know, So if you're going to implement this remote desktop protocol, here are, here are some great ways of doing it to you know, secure it as possible. And here are the authentication methods that you should employ. Um, and those are certainly consistent with um, advice such as uh, the advice that comes from the ACSC here in Australia. You talk about community malware. Is that uh, right? Commodity malware. Commo- so, commodity malware. Um, what's, yeah. what's the commodity malware? What, what, yeah, what is it? That's your, that's your cyber criminal malware. That's your crypto lockers and you know, those sorts of things to ransomware your computer. So, and they typically don't uh, change much in these types of campaigns, as in they don't adopt the theme so much. The theme is used to elicit a click and to get that user to uh, download or execute um, that crypto or that ransomware. And so that's, uh, you certainly see a lot of that during these themes of, you know, high important and uh, that are quite prolific in the news. A pandemic is just a perfect, um, you know, uh, condition to work uh, in if you're in the uh, in the field of compromising people to steal their money. So, Are we expecting, are you, is there anything that we should expect more to come in terms of COVID-19, in terms of secu- security threat or online um you know, threat that people should be wary of now as we're moving. Obviously, this is in the new world order, isn't it? To work online and to more and more. So, yeah, what are we going to see in the next couple of months? Or, oh, yeah, 12 months, you know, year to come? Yeah, it's, it, it's hard to predict, but um, I think when it comes to attacks that adopt a theme that is popular in, in social media and news, is um, as you see the narrative shift from one phase of dealing with the pandemic to another, you'll see a slight shift in, you know, the, the, the types and themes that cyber criminals will use. And we've already seen that with a, a move from COVID-related domains to, you know, personal protective equipment theme domains. And, and as things continue to roll down the road in terms of the pandemic, um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, discussion in, in media and uh, social media and, and professional media uh, around uh, reopening of states. Um, so this, the, the theme may shift towards uh, economic uh, themes. Uh, it may shift towards, um, you know, return to work themes or return to school themes. Anything that is a major change in uh, the way that a state uh, manages the pandemic becomes a theme that um, can be used in influence campaigns and in uh, campaigns that, you know, trick people into clicking links and, and, you know, phishing emails and things like that. So what's the best advice to give to ordinary folks, you know, like people who really don't think much about cybersecurity? Like my mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, what should advice you would give them? Yeah, well, it's, it's the same advice, whether it's a pandemic or not for me. It's like, you know, make sure your computer is kept up to date. So make sure the Windows updates are running and uh, make sure that, uh, you're suspect about the emails that you're receiving or the text messages that you're you're getting. Uh, don't accept anything on face value um, if you haven't expected that communication to come in. Um, it's it's really hard. You know, some of these uh, scam artists and uh, cyber criminals work very very hard to undermine 
that type of thinking. Um, so uh, it's 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 really you know do the best you can, keep your computer up to date, be wary of uh, unsolicited communication, and um, you know do backups. <laughs> keep those keep those photos somewhere where they're not going to get um, ransomware. Mm, not going to be hacked. Yeah. Is that right? Print, yeah. print them. Old school. <laughs> oh, God. Goes, go back to the old, olden days. Scrapbooking. Yeah. Um, look, thanks so much for that, Nathan. Uh, I know it's short. I'm, I'm sure we can sit here and talk more about cybersecurity, but I just wanted a, a little insight into what you're doing now and what people like yourself in the cybersecurity field are facing uh, you know, um, I'm sure what you're facing now is probably different to what it was even three months ago. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, the challenge is, you know, balancing what we need to do in our normal day-to-day work and then taking on the extra work of monitoring things like COVID-19 related, you know, threats. And, you know, my team are working extremely hard to uh, make sure that our advice is kept up to date on a daily basis and we're uh, improving the detection uh, of our systems and our customers. Um, and you know, amongst all that, it's, it's incredible. And and I mean, our heart still goes out to all the healthcare workers around the world who are dealing with this. Um, you know, it's particularly here in Australia, it's, it's been a stressful few months with bushfires and pandemics and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky balancing act, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it really helps to have a good, you know, not just teams and good companies like Verizon, but also coalitions that have just sprung out of the ether to, you know, help support um, the monitoring, detection and threat intelligence um, needed to keep ahead of this threat. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting times for us. So if people want to understand more about uh, cybersecurity in this time of COVID-19 to you know, probably delve in further, what do you suggest? What did they, you suggest they should do? Um, do? Do you want us to send them your way, uh, you know, to find information or what, where should we direct them to? Uh, well, you know, the ACSC uh, and Stay Safe Online are great resources. And, um, you know, I've tested their notifications against my up-to-date threat intelligence and they're generally pretty quick, you know. So, um, yeah, certainly uh, subscribe to Stay Safe Online. Uh, and there are similar organisations around the world. If you, you know, if you're, uh, what, if one wasn't enough, you could sign up to, uh, you know, several notifications from, you know, companies that invest quite a lot in providing advice to uh, end users. So, uh, but yeah, certainly Stay Safe Online is is fantastic. And I, I, I suggest that for my friends and family. And uh, and yeah, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn if you, <laughs> if you have any questions and want to know more about what we're doing. Great. Thank you so much, um, Nathan. So that was Nathan Clark, a wonderful friend, a doting father and a wonderful husband to a dear friend of mine, Ngan, uh, Ngan Pink Farm there in Canberra. And uh, you're listening to Dawncast here with myself, Dai Lee. And I'm Kathy Ngo. Please so remember to subscribe. <laughs> so subscribe. We were so excited. Please subscribe. Yeah, please subscribe. <laughs> click the link below and uh, click like as well. Yeah, click like. And the bell. Click on the bell so that you can get notified um, on awesome content. Yes, so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. See you. Bye.